I will be muting myself for this so that my breath sounds aren't confusing things. Wonderful. All right. Yeah. I'm going to mute myself. We're going to get started. Take it away, Damian Norman. Welcome to another episode of Two Two Guys, a podcast about dance hosted by dancers. My name is Keelan, and today I have on the show very special guest, Damien Norman. How's it going? Man? It's going very well. Very happy to be here, man. Thank you for the invitation. I just noticed as I'm saying your name, you have a you're a guy with two first names. Like Norman is a first name. Right. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So if you ever got sick of Damien, you could just be like, I'm just Norman. It's fine. I also have uh, three middle names uh, that I like to uh, kind of bounce between as well. So that's quite fun. Do you want to tell us or are those more like uh, the, no, the security questions to your passwords and stuff? So you shouldn't let us know. <laughs> Actually, it's a good question. I don't think I've used them as passwords or anything. No, but uh, yeah, my full name is Damien Shen Diami Kai Norman. All right. Yeah. Hippies for parents. Yeah, and I, I just say be- that in the most enduring, wonderful way. <laughs> I yeah, my mom. I was, I was thinking of how do you how do I say that nicely? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um that's great. Well, my middle name is James. Right. Not so yeah. exciting, but it's okay. I like it though. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. All right. Well, we're having you on this week to talk about breathing. Yeah. Very important topic of conversation. In my experience, it's like the simplest things that we often pay attention to the least because we just kind of assume that we understand them already. Right. How much water should we be drinking a day? what does our diet actually look like? And then breathing is probably the simplest or at least the most immediate of all of the things we do in the world, right? Like we can only survive about a minute or a few minutes without breathing. Yet, how often do we actually think about our breathing, the quality of it, the intentionality behind it and the impact it has overall. And so you're here today and you uh, maybe you can say a little bit about your qualifications, but you are certified, you are trained to assist in breath work and you are a dancer. And so there's a cross section there where we can maybe talk about the importance of breathing in dance and in life in general, but specifically in dance and methods, techniques to use that can assist us in you know, achieving um, more longevity in our careers, more presence in our dancing. And then maybe at the end, um, if you're willing, you can walk us through an actual like breathing session. How's that sound? Yeah, that sounds wonderful. Um, and if I may add on to kind of speak a bit to my my qualifications. So yes, come from a professional dance background. Um, in terms of movement in particular, I am a, a certified trained yoga instructor, as well as a movement flow instructor, um, which is a form of, of movement created by a man named Slava Golubov. Um, that's my physical background, but right now I'm most interested in um, therapeutic work particularly trauma work, working with trauma, working with somatic therapeutic practices. And in that realm, I am a student counselor currently uh, who is yeah, trauma-informed and working particularly with somatic-based um, approaches to therapy. Um, and then I'm also a certified uh, conscious connected breathwork instructor, facilitator. Um, yeah, so very much I'm, I'm coming from the standpoint of how do we bridge the worlds of movement uh, and dance itself is one of the most impactful forms of of somatic based processing, right? That's for me, that's a, a huge piece of what actually subconsciously drew me to dance. And I can talk more about that later, but there's a wonderful bridge between movement, 
breath and yeah, healing, therapeutic processing. So that's really what I'm coming to the table with currently. Right. And so for those at home, uh, if, if I'm understanding it correctly, somatic means through the body, like through movement, like physical. Is that right? Absolutely. Yes. So somatic healing would be finding a, a method of healing through working the body. Yeah. Well, and I, I'd say through building a relationship with your body in, in that you are um, taking time to cultivate a practice of being aware of what's happening internally, emotionally, energetically, sensorially in the body, right? And so if you are disconnected from your body in some way and you're living out of your mind, um, you will be out of touch with what um, with core with core trauma. Basically, if you if I may briefly touch into this idea, like most trauma comes from a place that's pre um, pre cognitive, pre verbal, right? It often comes from deep childhood wounds that formed when we did not have the faculties uh, of of speech of actually articulating our our thoughts through language. They happened in a way that was uh, deeply embodied and and felt. In a, in a physical, emotional way. And so often we, we miss these pieces that are just like in our tissue, in our bones, in, our, in the body, that, in our nervous system that remembers um, these experiences. And so, yeah, we're talking about somatic therapy. We're talking about relating to the body um, in that way. Yeah. Right. And uh, also the one piece that you didn't mention is that you graduated from the School of Toronto Dance Theatre, which is a yes. great school in Toronto, a contemporary modern school. And so that is your dance background. You graduated exactly. from there. Yeah. Okay. So in all of your studies, what would you say is the first thing as a beginner, what's the first thing that we need to think about or tackle or approach? Yeah. Wonderful question. Um, actually, it brings up something you mentioned earlier, which is this idea of, um, of taking the breath for granted, right? Um, and this idea that it's so simple and so obvious that we overlook it. And I think uh, a, a reframe that I love to offer is this idea that we have been, um, I want to I use the words let down in terms of our education system, right? We, we have not been taught that we have the ability to turn on and off our autonomic nervous system, um, specifically in regards to our parasympathetic nervous system and our sympathetic nervous system. And most of our life, especially in the society, in this world, is spent in the sympathetic, is spent in this go mode, is spent in doing, in acting, in, yeah, in, in acting, right? And, and always being on the go in action. Um, and often, often like entails a great deal of stress, a great deal of overwhelm, anxiety. We have all kinds of mental health issues in our society currently. And a lot of it stems from the a very simple lack of understanding around how to regulate our nervous system, which, and this actually comes from um, a wonderful book, um, The Body Keeps a Score by Bessel van der Kolk. Wonderful book, um, many others like that. But basically that the two main ways to directly uh, relate to and regulate your nervous system are through movement, specifically uh, like dance, a form of movement that is expressive and mm, in some way is not about necessarily like skill or form, but more about listening and allowing the body to move in ways that it naturally feels inclined to. And it's more about emoting from a physical place and breath work. Those are the two main ones. And neither of those, like as a, as a dancer, you know, 
I believe that you and I can understand that dance is um, often this like uh, this own little bubble. Often like dance, I find in, in, in many cases is, is for dancers' sake. It's just kind of like not everyone doesn't really understand the world of dance in some ways. It feels like it's a little bit less valued from the general, you know, societal standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess I'm, I'm speaking to this because it, it's just these tools are not offered um, in a accessible way often. They're not taught in school. It's not, it's not the, the, the layman's um, viewpoint. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm having anxiety. Let's move and, and free my body. Let's, let's sit down and do some breath work, right? We don't, we're just not taught yeah. those things. And so I was going to offer any one thing is to shift that mindset and to understand that you do have the tools and power in very simple ways to drop into your body and come into a rest and digest state where you actually can process what's happening for you in a variety of ways. Yeah, you talked about the difference between sympathetic and parasympathetic and how uh, we're so outwardly focused, right? And, you know, with the advent and the development of technology, from what I understand, the idea was the more we have technology that can step in and do things for us, the easier our lives should become, right? The less work we have to do. But if anything, it feels like it's the alternative. It's the flip side, which is the more technology we have, the more we're expected to do because the faster everything goes, right? Yeah. Like we we seem to be busier than ever. Not that I've been alive for hundreds of years and can confirm that, but the sense of it seems to be that the pace is only quickened. Mm-hmm. And I think the word burnout comes up, right? That we're so focused on the outward. So be a dance, it's the constant rehearsing. It's the seven hour, eight hour workdays, plus the preparation beforehand and the cool down after and yeah. whatever other project we have on the side. Um, or if it's outside of the world of dance, it's simply trying to work and live and parent and spouse and all of these things all at once. And it's so much, what am I doing outside of me? And there's hardly any attention paid to what is the inner world. I often hear the skeptic voice in there. Not that I am the skeptic, but I hear the voice of like, yeah, I hear the voice that would come in and kind of undermine any of these ideas. Mm-hmm. And the first voice says like, hey, man, this is too simple. Like, really? You think just like sitting and breathing is going to do something? Mm-hmm. But then I return back to what I said earlier, which is it's the simplest things that actually have this greatest impact, right? The things that we teach kids that become cliches, you know, be nice to your neighbor and all these things. They actually are kind of the blueprint for a healthy, happy, balanced life. But we we almost ignore them because we think they're too simple, right? We think the answer is something it's got to be complicated because the problem seems complicated. So the answer has to be complicated, but you can't solve a problem from the same level in which you created it. That just means you're creating more of the same problem. You have to adjust your level to answer the problem. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, you're preaching the converted here. Like I am inundated with breath work. I've, I've practiced it a lot and it's really clear when my life is falling out of balance. Well, guess what? Probably I'm not focusing on my breath at all. Right. Take a deep breath there. So I'm with you. Um, but for those at, at home, for those listening who might think this sounds like BS because it's too simple, what would you say to that? Yeah, um, it was interesting. One, one image that came to mind that maybe offers a really just clear perspective is in the animal kingdom. And my understanding is that the animals that live the longest have the longest breath spans like they they breathe slower they breathe they breathe longer um and you know you can you can see this in particular with uh, with turtles right like how old the turtles live they live like 120 years 
and I forget the exact amount of times they breathe in a minute, but it's substantially less than us. And that's not to say that we should start like breathing really slowly, you know, that's not necessarily what I'm saying, but it, it does, it points to, and this is a theme throughout the animal kingdom. It's not just with turtles. I think dogs, for example, breathe quite quickly. You can see them, they pant often. It's a quick pant, right? You can just, you can notice this actually in your, in your life and then with the animals you interact with. Um, and it's simply to point to that, yeah, there is a strong correlation with, with breath and again, um, life with breath and our stress levels in particular. And so I'd also like to offer that it's not simple. There are actual, there are a variety of techniques within breath, right? So even with me, my yogic training there's pranayama, there are a plethora of pranayama breathwork techniques in of itself. And pranayama is its own category of breathwork within conscious connected breathwork. That's an umbrella term. There are, I can think of six different particular techniques to conscious connected breathwork. There's something like Wim Hof. There is a tumor breathing. There is like nose breathing techniques. And so when you actually begin to dive into the world of breathwork, similar maybe to I'll make a reference to dance in the form of like a plie, <laughs> you know, like a plie is a nice. very simple, beautiful movement. And yet there are a variety of ways to approach that movement, to really deepen into the sensitivity, into the uh, application of a plie, right? And how does it actually function into then a, a variety of more complex dynamic movements in the same way if we can begin to tap into the specificity and the different possibilities within breath, we then see that actually um, amplify our, our experience of life. That's what I'd love to offer. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of things there. Um, the turtles is a really good point. What's crazy about the turtles too. People don't realize is like, when you think about it, like they have these really slow breaths, but they're also able to like learn and master like Kung Fu and karate. It's like, wow. <laughs> how did they do all that with such a, like a long breath hold. Right. Yeah. It kind of makes you even more impressed with uh, with what turtles are able to achieve. Uh, what was my other thing going to be? <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, um, and that's a great parallel to dancing because you're absolutely right. Like a plie to a layperson would look like, oh, I can do that. Really simple. And you, yeah, you can and you can, right? Like you are technically doing it if you try it. But I guess what you're saying there is beginning to look at the breath work is the first steps into a world of possibility. So to look at it as like, oh, this is too simple. It's actually, you're not giving it the credit it deserves, which is there are tons of schools of approaches here. Um, yeah. Let's, uh, if we could, let's talk a little bit about dance specifically in breathing. So I've had a couple of moments in my career where I've been really aware of first and totally absent relationship with breathing. And then I've been aware of how it's changed. And so maybe I could uh, detail those a little bit and we could just talk about specifically in dance kind of rather than in theory, but specifically in practice, what's it been like for us? So when I was in Alberta Ballet, my first company, um, I had an injury for the second half of that season. And at the end of the season, I was able to partner and stuff. I couldn't really jump too much, but I was able to partner. And we were given a mandate that we could put on a show for donors in the studio and we could pretty much pick whatever rep we wanted. Like it was free because a whole bunch of dancers went on tour for this little short tour. And those of us who stayed back, they said, make a show 45 minutes long. It's for donors. right? And I did a pot de from Alice in Wonderland. And it was a beautiful pot de deux. It's really nice. The music's really lovely. And it was coached by actually a guest of friend of the show, guest of this podcast, Christopher Rudd, who was uh, my friend and my roommate at the time. 
and he coached it. So it was myself and a woman named Leticia, who's now a dance teacher and she's wonderful. And it was actually her final performance ever. She was retiring that year. So technically I was her final partner ever in her career. But as we were practicing for the show, I remember Chris saying something and, and he said uh, she would do a fallback and I would catch her really low on the ground and lift her up. He said, okay, on this moment, you want to breathe out. And when you lift her up, you want to breathe in. And I said like, oh, is it, is it important to think about breathing when you dance? And his response was like I had said, is it important that I wear pants today? He was like, yeah, of course. And that was the first time that I can really remember hearing it. Maybe somebody had told me before. It was the first time it got through that, okay, breath is important. All right. And it's not like it changed my life and revolutionized my life in that moment, but it was the first time and it was kind of a flag in the sand, you know, like now I know this is important. Somebody told me. And then I flash forward, I'd say six years later, I was doing uh, The Prince in Swan Lake with Bally Organ. And I remember it was actually the premiere, it was my premiere show. And I remember walking to the corner, which uh, you finish the pot de you bow, the girl leaves, and then you walk around to the corner in the silence and you prepare to do your solo. And it's the biggest moment in the show, probably, right? It's the most intense, nerve wracking, exciting. This is the solo of all the solos you do. And, and as I was walking to the corner, it, was, it, it wasn't under my control so much. I just felt really at peace and I could feel a surrender, right? Because I, I deal with like a lot of stage fright, like anxiety, intensity. And one of the approaches I've taken in, you know, the last few years was a lot of surrender. You know, I'm gonna just ask for help. I'm gonna ask my higher power or whatever to just guide me through this, you know? Mm. And uh, cause if I make it all about me, it's way more intense. So I try to say, I'm a part of a bigger thing, let it go. And as I was walking to the corner, I could just feel like everything fell into place and I felt really, really calm. And I actually felt excited. Like I felt the joy of dance that I felt when I was a little kid and I started, it was there again, right? I wasn't nervous and afraid, I was ready to go. And I just surrendered and I surrendered and I felt a big part of that was that the breath felt totally open. And I went on to have like a phenomenal show. Like it was a really nice variation. Um, everything was clean. Unfortunately, they didn't film it. They filmed like starting the next day. They're like, we're gonna film from now on. So there's no proof of that, but the proof is in, in my being, it, it really happened. And it was probably the first time that I could really clearly notice, certainly the one that, I, that stands out the most as the first time where I went, okay, there's really something to this. Ease of movement and flow of breath really go hand in hand. And so I've been trying to find that ever since, you know, like it was an example for me. So yeah, I, I don't wanna belabor the point here. I don't want this to be a 30 minute story. But I can, I can tell you, I can really feel the difference in all of the experiences I had had doing breath work outside of the studio and outside of the stage. That was the first time I can remember really having an impact on stage. And it was huge. Like it was one of the best performances to, of my career to date. And, and it was largely because there was a complete breath, which meant the body was free to do what it needed to. And it wasn't tight and it wasn't cutting corners and it was, you know, there was freedom and there was total calmness in my, I guess my nervous system, you know, emotionally I was totally calm. So, so the proof is in the pudding, you know, that really happened. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing. Um, the piece that stands out to me the most in that story is the surrender piece. Like that is exactly the quality that we're looking for, particularly within, um, 
yeah, particularly within a conscious connected breathwork practice. And I think you're exactly right. I think that connection to your breath through movement allows ease. Um, and for some reason, and I, I've experienced this a lot within my own movement practice, within my professional dance career, um, there is a habitual response to when there's tension, to control, to contract, to hold the breath. And that only perpetuates, again, this, this anxiousness, this tension in the body, right? And so I really, I'm really applauding you and, and, and so with you in that experience of surrendering to the breath, being in this place of trust, also like very much speaking to this higher power, to this sense of, of being held, of being in trust with your body and with something beyond you that all speaks to a nervous system that's regulated that is that is surrendered that is softened right and that gives that gives more power more freedom to move and express and actually be even more um yeah refined in one's movement so i totally agree with that and see that and it's a practice it's hard because there's i'm not entirely sure why actually that's so hard maybe again i think what, what came to mind for me because i have had both experiences as well through, again, my professional dance experience and my movement practice, movement coaching, but there is a disconnect. Like we, we go, we get into this place of, of doing once more. Right. And I feel my experience of movement of dance often has been this relationship of telling my body what to do of work. We're going to do this particular technique, this particular exercise, this particular movement, phrase, choreography, whatever it might be. And yeah, it feels often that it's coming from this place of control. Like I'm telling my body what to do is going to do it this way. And for some reason, I find that that often takes me out of the breath. It feels like this um, mind over matter sort of mentality, sort of approach. Um, and often I can tell that my breath is more constricted in that place or I'm not even aware of my breath because I'm just in my mind somehow telling my body what to do. Right. And, you know, that's often maybe necessary because if you're learning something, maybe you have to be in your mind for a time and actually kind of like, you know, understand it intellectually, practice it, get it into your body. But at some point in time, if you really want that movement to come forth in its full expression, there needs to be a surrender, a trust, a, like a, a letting go of the mind, a letting go of control and to come into trusting, knowing the body has has integrated this information, that these movements, this choreography, whatever it might be, and then to find a sense of flow within that. And the breath is key to that flow state, key to that space of deeply listening and being in relationship with the body. So, yeah, and I, the last thing that really comes to mind is, like, imagine if we were taught these things from a young age, whether that be, you know, even just the idea of, like, stage fright, right? Like, or just, like, anxiousness. If, if it was already taught that, actually, if you're feeling anxious – take a moment to pause like even that like that simple walk that you beautifully illustrated back to the corner like if if you instinctually knew that in those few moments that you might be able to close your eyes while you walk or really tune in for a few breaths deeper breaths and down into the belly down to the pelvic floor to feel that foundation within you to feel that breath flowing freely through you even those few three four breaths over to the side of the stage and then like a moment just to close your eyes and check in before you, you know, leaped into your next movement is profound. And we don't take those moments. We don't understand that that's actually a possibility, a choice that we have to do. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it limits us in a variety of ways, dance being one of them. 
but it's also in many other facets of life. When the realm of discomfort is in the mind and it's all in thoughts, I think we generally try to fix it on that level, right? Like we try to fix thought with thought or I'll do what the thoughts say and that'll solve the problem. But what you're talking about, this somatic work and then the, the experience of me and Swan Lake, the difference was going into the body. And so it changes the relationship, right? Like it changes where you're placing your awareness. And so for those who were already on board with this and have tried this, they're at home being like, yeah, yeah, I get it, I get it, I'm, I'm on board. And for those who haven't, I would implore you to explore just the idea, play with it, that if you're struggling with something and it's thought-based, and it, it might even feel like you feel anxious, you feel weird, you feel uncomfortable in your body, but it's something thought-based, right? Maybe something that keeps repeating over and over in your head. You have the option to step outside of that into the body. And maybe you want to find help. You want to find some kind of guide or teacher so you're not just lost there, right? Because you might not know what to do. But I think that's what you're talking about is you shift into, like you said, your belly, which is huge. Belly breathing is so important. It really does cut off the uninterrupted chatter of the mind. And it gives you a silent space to go to. It's like really, really noisy. Um, you're in a swimming pool and it's really noisy because there's lots of people. And you go, you sink to the very bottom, you hold your breath and you sink to the bottom of the deep end. And it's really, really quiet or the, uh, the waves of the ocean are very intense. They're constantly crashing and moving. But if you go to the bottom of the ocean, it's still, there's stillness there. Like very little is moving. We all have that option. I think one thing that, again, that we, we may miss and, and may not understand as um, an important piece to the puzzle is that active participation in a rest digest state to integrate emotionally, physically, the body's experienced. So particularly when we're talking about um, a dancer, as you say, like professional dancers' lives are very much go, go, go. And usually there's multiple projects or if you're with a company, you're working very long hours. And I think dancers on a whole are are quite gifted at listening to their, their bodies, taking breaks, etc. But I think that, on, that also on a whole and just extends out to people outside of the dance world as well we are in this sympathetic state right which is this hyper vigilant maybe not always hyper vigilant but yeah working and doing and having the body to be immediately responsive and immediately on point and always looking for the next task to engage in and i think actually particularly when we're learning a skill this is actually this is there have been studies on this it's more effective to do like short stints of like focused intentional learning with a skill or whatever it might be. But we're not our society and often our workplace, especially also within the dance community is not necessarily geared towards that. And so ideally we would have like a focused time in a um, sympathetic state where we're on, we're engaged, we're doing, we're like effective, efficient, you know, very much present with this particular task. And then ideally we come back to a parasympathetic state where we're letting the body rest, like actually rest. When, when do we give our time, ourselves time to rest during the day? We don't. We, that's not a part of our society. And that is, again, the parasympathetic state is the rest and digest mode of our autonomic nervous system. And that is where we do our most learning. We, we, we take the information we just processed in this very activated state that's obviously so useful in so many ways. And then we actually let our body yeah, integrate that information, whether that's in, uh, intellectual, cognitive, 
information or physical felt information in the body. And so, yeah, I really want to speak to that as also a key piece in the learning process is see, take moments to recognize when are you overloading your system? When are you inundated? Use that, use that word uh, earlier on in, in, this, in this podcast. When are you inundated? When are you overwhelmed? When are you feeling the effects of anxiety um, of like, yeah, this, this hyper vigilance, this um, hyper aroused state in this place, you can, we've trained ourselves now, again, a reflection of our society to just keep going forward, just keep moving forward, keep acting, keep doing. But I would offer that if you are truly interested in, in mastery in some ways, and, and a mastery also that really takes care of your, of your body and your mental well-being in a more holistic sense, so that you actually have a longevity in the career you're doing, a longevity in the health of your body, I would offer that we need to integrate those moments of genuine rest. And what does that look like? Often it looks like literally just laying down, taking a nap. That actually is wonderful. Or it looks like breath work or meditation or something that is, yeah, again, asking you to really tune into the felt senses of the body and allowing the body to simply be as opposed to and I think there's a distinction there, which is, uh, I know all too well, which is like, oh, I have downtime. I'm going to put on a podcast or I'm going to watch something or I'm going to do something. It's like, that's restful. But I mean, I guess there's a balance you'd want to strike, which is some downtime. You want your mind to be able to just divert to something easy and fluffy and fun. Mm -hmm. But there's also a great benefit to finding time to, or rather making time to simply be and breathe, sit and breathe, sit and process, sit and listen, sit and ask Oh, actually, when I just stopped to breathe, I realized I think my pelvis is out of line because you just notice stuff because you're not so distracted. But okay, I believe we are going to be led. Yes. Uh, right before we go into the formal practice, I will take a, a brief moment, maybe a few minutes to just talk about the technique because there is a very particular technique. And I think it's important to address that for our listeners before they begin. So yes, we'll do a 15-minute TOPS conscious connected breathwork practice. So we are breathing through our mouth. We are taking um, a connected breath approach in that there is no pause at the bottom or top of the inhale or exhale. You are connecting the two. So the inhale is full. Ideally, it's beginning down into uh, your root, down into your pelvis, down below the, the navel. So these deep belly breaths that go deeply into the pelvic floor, into the size of the rib cage, into the low back. And if that was the only place that you were going to breathe into, that's wonderful. That's a brilliant place to start. Stay there if that's, if that's what's feeling most useful to you. Over time, though, ideally, you're keeping that deep breath into the pelvis, but then allowing the breath to then move into the solar plexus, into the mid and upper back, into the chest and heart space, all the way up into the throat. Yeah. So we, we're cultivating this expansive inhale through the mouth. At the same time, we're not doing Wim Hof. Umhoff is wonderful, has a place, but we're not looking to work the breath too much. We're looking for this balance of how can I expand, but do so in a way that is relatively, I wouldn't say effortless because you definitely are actively participating, but you're not forcing this inhale. Right. You're looking for the natural expansion. Um, the exhale is completely released. There is no control. And this is probably the hardest part of this breath is that we have natural control mechanisms through our throat, through our vocal cords, through our air passageways. 
we're looking for the exhale to be completely released. An image that I often use is a fountain in a, in a beautiful pond. So the inhale, again, does take some effort. It's that, it's that drawing the energy up through the fountain, right? And, and the water coming to the top of the fountain. The exhale is the water falling with gravity. Gravity is not us. We don't control that. Back down to the pond. The exhale releases completely. Okay. Um, and again, we're connecting the breath at the bottom or top of the inhale and exhale. So there's no pause, ideally. Yeah, that's really it. We're laying down for this practice. You can play with different postures with that. You can have your uh, knees bent, feet planted on the floor. You could have your legs extended. That's really up to you. There's a variety of postures. Play with that for yourself. Recommend that you close your eyes. And it's nice to have an eye mask, a pillow, something to create a nice comfortable space for your body. If you feel the inclination to take a deep ah, ohm sound during your own practice, whether today or in the future, Tony is a beautiful way to move energy and create more capacity for the breath and movement, shaking, wiggling, whatever feels good for your body, as long as it's not taking away from the breath. And the breath is the main focus. So does that make sense? So I should be laying down, yeah? Yeah, ideally you're laying down. Yeah, exactly. I'll invite you just for the first few moments as you find your spot on the floor to begin to notice where your body makes contact with the floor. So perhaps you have your legs extended or your feet bent. Again, really your preference here, listening to what your body needs in this moment. And beginning to notice where your body makes contact with the floor, which parts of your body are making contact with the floor. And begin to notice the possibility of releasing the weight of your body down into the floor to give yourself permission to feel supported, to feel held, and to release any sense of guarding, any sense of holding physically, muscularly, emotionally in the body. Just take a few normal, regular breaths in and out through the nose. And with each exhale, each breath cycle, feeling the weight of your body drop down with gravity into the floor to be held and supported in this way. And as you begin to feel this sense of softening, of releasing into the floor, I'll invite you to begin to breathe through your mouth. So taking some full, deep but easy breaths into the mouth and then releasing Again, exhaling through the mouth as well, connecting the inhale to the exhale. Finding a rhythm that works for you. Our breath patterns are all unique and individual. I suggest that you begin with a slower breath cycle, finding that we're not looking to, again, push the inhale too much. We're looking for that, just that top of the expansiveness possible. We're not pushing the envelope, looking to reach where the natural resistance is 
in our inhale, meet that resistance, and then immediately relax and release into an open, soft exhale. You can feel the back of the throat softening, the jaw softening, the mouth opens, and it's a bit of like a sigh, like exhale, this Yeah, there's a sense of the mouth opening as you release into the exhale. And over time, again, beginning to allow this inhale to move through the belly, through the solar plexus, up into the chest and throat. If you feel called, you can bring a hand to your belly, a hand to your heart, and you can feel the breath expand into your hands. At the same time, feeling the hands release back down towards the spine, belly button to the spine, as you exhale. So you have an actual physical sensory experience of the breath expanding through the body into your hands, releasing the weight of your hands back down into the body. Yeah, beautiful. So continuing to breathe in this way. By breathing deeply into the pelvic floor, we are sending signals to the body that it is safe, that we are in a trusting, safe environment to fully feel that we have a right to be here in our bodies. We have a right to be in a pain-free body, in a body that is full of sensation, of feeling. One of my favorite quotes from uh, an important teacher in my life is that tension masks sensation. So I'll offer you that as you continue this breath practice again, in and out through the mouth, no pause at the bottom or top of the breath. One exhale flowing effortlessly into the inhale and from the inhale again back into the exhale. Noticing where you're carrying tension. Noticing where there's a sense of resistance. Noticing perhaps where the inhale isn't quite expanding into the fullness of your diaphragm, the fullness of your body. And just being curious about this tension, this guarding, this holding, resistance. Encouraging this sense of opening with the inhale into that space just a little bit more. And each exhale again releases more of that tension, softens into the possibility of more sensation that's on the other side of that tension. Yeah. One beautiful image that I love to offer as you continue to breathe here is the image of a hug. So as we open our arms to receive a hug, in the same way we inhale to open our body, to open the fascia lines, to open these, this beautiful sensory object that is our body, our skin, we're opening to receive more feeling, to receive more sensation. The exhale is then to soften and deepen into that sensation, move further in to that feeling. Yeah, so we're repeating this process over and over again, inhaling to open, expand, exhale to drop a bit more into releasing into the body and out of the mind. Beautiful work, my friends. Keep this going. Inhaling through the mouth, exhaling through the mouth. The inhale may be a little bit longer than your exhale. That's very normal. Again, not looking to work the inhale, but at the same time, finding that expansiveness, that openness, spaciousness in the inhale. 
the exhale falls away, effortless release. Nice, wonderful work, my friends. Keep this going. Breathing for a little bit longer here. You're doing beautifully. Feeling how you have the choice to show up in your breath. Notice if the mind is wandering off, knowing this is completely okay. That wherever you are right now is exactly where you're meant to be. But keep coming back to the present moment of the breath. There is nothing more present than being with the sensations in the here and now of your body. The mind is often in the past or future. The body and sensation is in the present. So keep using the breath as a tool to feel into any energy that's arising. If you're noticing that discomfort, noticing any emotion coming to the surface, this is normal. Keep the breath going and use the breath as a tool, as a compass of moving further into that sensation, that discomfort, that emotion, that charge in your body. Yeah. I'll invite you to perhaps increase the intensity of the breath for the next few minutes here. So you might have a slightly increased tempo, something that might sound like this. Beautiful work, knowing you are in control and to play with your breath pattern. This is your choice. You have the autonomy to choose what is best for you. Some moments might require a little bit more intensity. Others might require you to slow down and deepen into a relaxed breath pattern. Both are welcome. Both are useful. Notice what best serves you in this moment and remain present with the breath as much as possible. Keep coming back to the qualities of the breath, that expansive inhale, that released, relaxed exhale. And notice, are you holding at the bottom? Are you holding at the top? Is there room for a more um, fluid, effortless transition between the inhale and exhale? Just being curious about that. Beautiful breathing, continuing to do so, continuing to find that active participation and surrender in your breath pattern here, doing wonderful work. And as you're breathing, I'll invite you to bring a sense of gratitude into your body, a sense of acknowledgement. Perhaps you can begin to tune into your heart space, bring the breath into your chest, feel even the beautiful rhythm, heartbeat, this vibration of the heart in your chest. See if you can tap into that feeling of the heart space, the energy that's in your heart. Beginning to give some self-affirmation, self-love to yourself, reminding yourself that you are loved, you are worthy of love. 
you are worthy of giving and receiving love. And that this breath practice is an act of self-love. So bringing some gratitude to the very notion that you have this tool, this capacity to tune in to your body, to build this sense of a loving partnership with your body, with your nervous system. Knowing that in this way, we are working with both the parasympathetic and the sympathetic nervous system. The inhale is activating, opening, invites you to participate and feel anything that's there to feel. And the exhale is that release to say, you are safe. It is safe to feel. It is safe to be here. It is safe to work with this energy that I am feeling. It is safe to work with this discomfort. And we're telling the nervous system that we are willing to be here. We're willing to not abandon ourselves and be in our breath in this way, to be with our bodies in its experience and not check out, not leave, not dissociate, but be more present, more embodied. Thank you, body. Thank you for this opportunity to feel, to build this loving connection with you. Thank you for the breath. Thank you for all the ways that I am willing to be here and forgiving myself for the times that I'm not, that I'm not willing to be with myself, that I self-abandon, that I do not make time for self-love. This is also okay. This is a new moment to begin this practice, to see what is possible in this exact moment. Wonderful work, my friends. So keeping the breath going for a little bit longer here, doing beautiful work. Taking a few breaths for yourselves, just a few moments of stillness and silence without my facilitation, but continuing to be in your full breath pattern. Expansive, open inhale, surrendered, released exhale, soft jaw, soft throat, a sigh like exhale, connecting this breath like a wave in the body. Beautiful work, my friends. Keeping that going for a little bit longer. I'm going to offer one last tool. So if you feel called, I'm going to offer that you tone with me. We're going to do two tones, and I'll let the third one be just yours. So if you want to follow along with me, you can take a deep inhale. We're going to do an ah and do an om sound. So inhaling with me. Uh.
another from yourself. Hear your voice. Thank you so much for your voices, my friends. Your resonance is so appreciated. Your energy is appreciated. Your presence is appreciated. Thank you. Taking a few moments to rest. We have just a minute or two. Feel free to take a moment to integrate for yourself anything you need. And slowly coming back as you feel called. Thank you so much for your time, everyone. Hey, it's me again. How are you feeling, Kim? I mean, about a hundred times calmer than I was before. Mm. I liked how clear you were that it wasn't a efforted breath, right? It was just natural and comfortable. And pretty quickly, I felt, you know, when you get a massage, whatever it is that's happening when you get a massage and it feels good in the muscles, I felt that kind of radiating throughout the whole body. And so there was a calmness and a comfort just there, like pretty much right away. And it kind of makes sense too, because I, I worked out before we got on. And so the body hasn't had any downtime, like, you know, where I've just stopped and parasympathetic time. So that was mm -hmm. really nice. Thank you, Damien. That was fantastic. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks so much for allowing me the opportunity. I really appreciate it too people can find you online what's the best way for people to find you follow you or contact you yeah wonderful thank you for the question um instagram is a great spot um so that's soulful somatic one word okay. um, you'll see a, a wonderful logo that looks like a, a sun and a moon so if you see that that's uh, that's me you also can email me at uh, manifest integrative healing at gmail.com i have a business that's manifest integrative health so I am currently taking on clients as a student counselor, as well as doing um, breathwork facilitation and self-care programs that include meditation, movement, breathwork, et cetera. So you can find me uh, there as well. Okay. And we'll link those in the episode description so people can find that really easily. Yeah. Um, you can find us at Tutu Guys on Instagram and Facebook. You can email us, tutuguyspod at gmail.com. Go ahead and leave a review in whatever app you're using to listen. Uh, we're a big fan of that. It helps the podcast get out there. And uh, once again, I'll just say, Damien, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for that lovely practice. That's the first, you know, breath work that we've done on the pod. So thank you for setting a tone. And um, thank you everybody for listening. And I hope you have a great week. Pleasure to be here, truly. Do you have a sense of belonging anywhere? Dance. Just dance. Dance.